the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Join me today with my special guest, Mike Lindell, as we talk about his book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO. You don't want to miss this insightful yet challenging and uplifting episode at The Christian View. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on The Christian View. With everyone in the world with their own view. Ever wonder if God has a view? And, and that's what the show's all about. What's God's view versus our view? Topics that affect our daily life. Empowering and inspiring. Right. To develop a heart, a kingdom mindset, you know. <laughs> because God does have a view. Your host, Dr. Trudy Simmons. The Christian View. Welcome. Welcome to The Christian View. I'm so excited that you guys have invited us in your homes today. And what a great audience we have. Thank you all for being here. Um, This is The Christian View. We take today's hot topics and we weigh them against God's Word because God does have a view. And today I have the honor and have Michael Landell with me today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. Um, It's awesome. I know. And I just love. So um, I showed both my son, who's 15, and my daughter, who's four, your your book. And the cover, uh, my four-year-old goes, before Christ, after Christ. So, like, she noticed the huge difference. So, tell me about the cover first. And then well, we'll the cover, the cover is uh, th- this was actually taken by a drug dealer took that picture, and it was up for fourteen days, and they actually did an intervention on me. Right. The drug dealers. The drug down- dealers did. Yeah, the drug dealers right. did. It was downtown Minneapolis, and I came out of the room and uh, the apartment. And I came out of the bedroom, and all three were standing there, and they, they're the ones that kind of control different parts of the, right. the city. And I said, what are you guys doing? They go, you've been up for 14 days. You're going to, you're, we're cutting you off. And right. I said, I said, um, what is this, an intervention? They said, call it whatever you want, Mike. And two of them left. The other guy finally fell asleep. By that time, I was on the carpet looking for crack. And, mm-hmm. and I headed, I looked over, he's asleep. I headed down to the streets of Minneapolis, and I couldn't buy crack anywhere. Came back upstairs, and he goes, how'd that work out for you? And yeah. here's what he said. Right. He goes, you've been telling us for years this my pillow thing is just a platform for God. And he goes, we're not going to let you die on us. He says, you Amen. said you'd come back someday and help us all. And uh, two of them work for me now. They're born-again Christians. Isn't and, that amazing yeah. that drug dealers did the, uh, did the intervention well, on you? And, you know, and he took that picture. He says, give me your, he says, give me your phone. He says, I'm taking a picture. He mm-hmm. says, you've been telling us you're going to write a book someday. Because I would always tell him this stuff. And right. I look at it like I was their hope. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're looking, you know, I was their hope that they're looking because I kept telling I was trying to convince myself right. all the time, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, it was an intervention by drug dealers. Which is counts. so amazing. And your story really hits home to me because addiction runs really deep in my family. I, my brother was uh, actually saved from addiction, um, and, uh, but he was a drug dealer for a long time in, right. in, in, the, in uh, our town. But anyway, my, one of my other siblings is still out on the streets with drugs. But I do a lot of ministry on streets, and I met this guy named Josh, and he said, Trudy, no one wakes up thinking they're going to become an addict. Right. And I'm sure that wasn't, that was the furthest thing from your mind. Exactly. You know, my story, my story starts when I was, 
when I was a kid, I was seven years old when my parents divorced. Mm -hmm. Now, that was in like 1968, and divorces were not common. Right. So I was put right. into a, another school, mm -hmm. and I was the only kid from a broken home. So, right. you know, for me, I know that now, from what I've learned over my life, is that addiction goes back to your childhood. Yes. Uh, fatherlessness mm -hmm. is huge. You know, fatherlessness, uh, broken families, trauma that happens in childhood. Right, right. And these things manifest to, you know, for me it was... Um, I'm not good enough. The devil's lies get in there. Right. I don't fit in. I'm not good enough. Um, and I would actually get to the point where, you know, I wouldn't talk to people mm -hmm. if I didn't know them because you don't get you don't get uh, rejected if you don't talk. That's right. You it's don't. a very easy mm -hmm. concept. You don't want to get rejected. Just, you know, don't just talk. blend in. <laughs> just yeah. Blend yeah. In. Right. So for me, um, you know, that. That manifested in, you know, in, and I want to say something, too. Addiction affects everyone, not just, uh, you know, you think of homeless in the streets, mm -hmm. you know. I would say in my book, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat right. with. You know, and, uh, and I've seen people everywhere in between, you know, from rich to poor, it doesn't matter. Uh, these are things that manifest in us, that uh, from manifest from you know, like I say, things that usually childhood trauma, you yes. know, you have veterans and stuff that they get, they're kind of double traumatized. Mm -hmm. They get anything that happened as a child, then it gets magnified. Right. And addiction isn't just for drugs. I yeah. mean, yeah, no, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Addiction's everything. And, they, mm -hmm. and what it is, addictions become false courage. Right. They become a block for pain. All these different things that, uh, that uh, any addiction can do. And for me, you know, when I was, uh, I had dropped out of college and first quarter, and I wasn't where I wanted to be in life, where I felt I could be. Right. And we got to my five-year school, my class reunion, mm -hmm. five-year reunion. All of them, everyone had gotten so far in life, they graduating from college, starting their careers, started families, which I longed for. Um, they had uh, moved up in their, um, whatever their job they had, they had kept right. the same job. And, and here I'd worked at a drive-in movie theater in a grocery store and got fired at the grocery store. So I get to this family reunion, I mean this class reunion, and... And everyone's telling this stuff. Well, I had I, the only thing I brought to the table was my stories, and I'm telling about falling asleep on a motorcycle, right. going skydiving, crashing it, and then my getting there, my parachute not opening, or owing the mafia money for football bets, right. and, you know. And everyone's going, "Wow, wow!" And I was just. Uh, it made me feel good that at least I was getting you know some attention. I didn't know what else to talk about, but I got home that night. And I laid. I remember laying in bed, and it was like this deep inside pain. Going, mm -hmm. I longed for what they had. Right. You know, it was so sad. Mm -hmm. And I can put myself right back in that. And I think uh, um, then, then we got into the '80s, where I got into cocaine and you know different addictions right. from gambling to cocaine and alcohol. And but I was a very functioning addict. I think that's what people need to realize. Right. Yeah. Functioning mm -hmm. addicts are everywhere. They you are. Know, you just function, and you you you. This addiction just you know you've, you've gotten into a being complacent in the status quo and but things will progressively you know might get worse or or you're just not where you're um you know where your happiness can right be. and my i was blessed with a, a wife then i'm going god please give me a white one wife and family 20-year mm -hmm. marriage um very functioning uh, right. addict and uh, we even had a bar that's not a good place for an addict <laughs> i read about that in the, in the book yes yeah, so i'm like yeah, that was an interesting story we're going to take a short break we'll be right back but i want you to go ahead and try to find his book, order it. It's called um, What Are the Odds? And I know you'll be blessed. We'll be right back here with more on The Christian View. 
All right, welcome back to The Christian View. We're having a great discussion with Mike Lindell on the topic against what are the odds. You know, so many people struggle and they think that there's no hope, but you are living, you are living proof that God, there is a hope in God. And you had 14 plus near-death experiences. Let's, let's talk about that. Well, you know, I look at them as miracles in my life. You know, I look at mathematics. I mean, even the book that, that God exists, you can take a one in a million or one in a billion or mm-hmm. this is impossible. When you, when do you add them together and consider it a miracle? Right. Okay. And uh, these things would happen. I would always pray if something, not just the 14 year death experience, that should have showed me. I mean, that I was, God was saving me. <laughs> he had you on a short string right, for something, right? right? right. Yeah. But, but also um, you have um, things that, things that happen, you know, I can look back now and say that that had to happen to get where I'm at now. Right, right. Things that are so devastating at the time. And you'll sit there and pray you know, God, get me through this, get mm-hmm. me through this. And that's a reactionary prayer. And then people always say to me, they go, well, Mike, you know, my prayers didn't get answered. Well, it might not right. be God's will. Exactly. And where is God's will? God's will is in the word. And, mm-hmm. and if you get stay in the word, get in the word, and they, then they line up. You'll be right. proactive. You're going to find out that they're, that they line up. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, you know, my whole life, you know, was very functioning, like I say, and then, and then things happened where I had to sell that bar. So mm-hmm. things were very, I was devastated at the time. You know, obviously that had to happen. Right, right. Yeah. But I'll take you right up through, you know, when we, um, when I invented my pillow, um, you know, it took a, over a year to invent. And, uh, and, and how long ago was that when you That invented? was in 2004. Okay. And about the same time, a few years earlier, I, I got into crack cocaine. Okay. So you had these two parallel tracks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was always an entrepreneur, always, you know, just hardworking. Right. And, and uh, um, you know, the, once again, that kind of like that self-worth thing, you, you know, you grab onto something right. and you're going, you feel to feel good about yourself. Trying to it. fill a void. Yeah, you're trying to fill yeah. a void. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but I, but when I finally, um, you had, I lost a 20 year marriage during the crack thing, invented my pillow. There were these two tracks. I ended up doing home shows and fairs for, um, um, years to, for years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it got up to 2008. We talked about that drug, that drug dealer intervention right, in right. early 2008. But in 2008, my pillow was just a little blip, mm-hmm. you know, a little heartbeat. Right? right. And that a few things happened in 2008 and, um, but one of them was really important. In December of 2008, my friend came to me. Now, he was my equal in every way. Mm-hmm. His name is Dick Van Sloan. Right. We had both started cocaine in the early 80s, switched to crack in the early 2000s. But we were functioning addicts, and we are the same age. Every, but the difference was, four years earlier, I had heard he had found the Lord. Right. I hadn't seen him in four years. And, uh, and he had quit. And, I, and he just shows up out of the blue. And he I just got, quit cold turkey? He went, he, no, he went to a faith-based, okay. he, faith-based uh, I found out later, mm-hmm. uh, counseling. Right. And, uh, and, uh, but he came, to, he came showing up. And I go, Dick, what are you doing here? I'm living in this house out in the woods, you know, and, and nothing left staring at the ceiling. And he goes, man, the Lord led me here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, well, as long as you're here. And the first question I asked him, I said, was it, is it, or I said, is it boring? Right. And he said, no, man, it ain't boring. Mm-hmm. And we got into this conversation that only I grabbed, I, I just couldn't get enough of right. what he had to say mm-hmm. because that was, I call it my hope match. That was my hope. I'm going, wow, 
he's been through it. I've been through yes. it, at least with the same addiction, mm -hmm. and and the commonality there. And then the common there's so many commonalities. I'm going. If he can do it, I can do it. It gave me That's hope. Right. Of course, then a month later, on January 16, 2009, you know, we all have callings, and I knew that day that my calling would be gone. That you know, I made sure I didn't have any money left. That right. anything that with God all things are possible. Mm -hmm. It'd be this great story, and I said, I'll. I said, God, I want one thing. I want to wake up then in the morning and never have the desire for anything. Yeah. These drugs, alcohol, anything mm -hmm. again. I wake up in the morning. I go. So, <laughs> It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. You know, so, Praise the Lord. Praise yeah, the Lord. yeah. But now, they, everyone, I used to confuse that with me getting saved mm -hmm. and having a personal relationship with right. Jesus. But it was, but it was so miraculous that it's like right there. I should have. Well, uh, uh, there's no desire. Obviously, yeah. you know, God is real. Jesus is real. Mm -hmm. But I, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't get saved till much later. But as you all know, you know, then I tried getting my getting my. Um, um, company back it would have been taken and um, a lot of betrayal right. I ended up doing an infomercial my friends and family all pool our money I said I had this dream of a, the biggest infomercial in the mm -hmm. world and and the, we went to film at the producer. He texts the other guy when we were doing our reads. He said, this is the worst guy I've ever seen. He'll never make it on TV. Talking about you. Yeah, talking about me. <laughs> I to, but I didn't know they didn't work. Yeah, right? So I right. just, uh, I would just, uh, it aired October 7, 2011 at 3 in the morning. I was living in my sister's basement with nothing. And, and I had like 10 employees. And 40 days later, I had 500. We are the number one information in yeah. the world at the end of December that year. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But I took in. You know, I took in a hundred million dollars over the next six months. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing, and, and there, or didn't other people were took advantage of me and right. all kinds of stuff. And I was, I woke up six million dollars in debt by the summer of fourteen. I'm going, God, what did I do wrong here? And you yeah. see me on TV wearing my cross right. and everything. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be that guy, but my, I met this gal Kendra, and uh, she had something I didn't have. She, yeah. I could just tell she had this personal relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus, and she goes, "We need to pray for your company. We need to pray." Pray for favor, and and I'm listening. I'm going. I believe in God, and I'm going. You know, okay, I think she's right. You know, yeah. personal, but but um, then I took everything in house. Right. You know, I took everything in house, and at that fall we exploded, and uh, then look, my pillow never looked back. But then there were miracles that started happening. That for me, you couldn't. Uh, there's no way that you could explain these things. Like mm -hmm. I was picked out of. Uh, um, I had a dream I would be with Donald Trump in a room, right. and, and I'm going, why would I be with Donald Trump in this room? And, and a month later, he announced he's running for president. And then following, or the early in 2016, I'm at the National Prayer Breakfast, which I had never been there. Remember, I'm not saved. Yeah, not I yet. get there, no. and I'm, I'm picked out of, by, out of 12 people to pray with Ben Carson in mm -hmm. a room. And I'm in there, and we're praying and whatever, and all of a sudden this guy prophesies. He says, two of you are going to become great friends and change the course of, of history. And, and, uh, Amen. We're going to come right back. Okay. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more with Mike Lindell here at The Christian View. Well, welcome back to The Christian View. I'm here with Mike Lindell, and we're talking about what are the odds. And the Lord has definitely kept you on a short string because he has such great plans for you. Yeah. Our last segment, we were just ending off with uh, Ben Carson and you having a prayer meeting. Yeah, yeah. I was at the National Prayer Breakfast, picked out of 12 people to, uh, to pray in this room. And we we're praying, and then this guy prophesied, said, two of you will become great friends in this mm -hmm. room. 
and change the course of history. Right. Well, we're great friends. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, but I leave there. But things like that kept happening in 2016. And and then in the summer, um, the uh, I was flying to California and I was up in a plane in this bulkhead of the plane at 10,000 feet and where, where you uh, where you could turn your phone on so you get Internet. Right. right? And I'm sitting there. I'm re- I opened up this magazine about Donald Trump and I said, Lord, what do I have to do with Donald Trump? I know I've seen this in my dream. Things kept happening, putting me in these positions. Right. And, and I said, I need to know right now. And at that moment in time, my phone dinged and said, Mike, this is Donald Trump. Will you meet me at Trump Tower in New York City? I'm going, God? And I'm going, and the flight attendant's going, yeah. you okay? I go, yes, it's a miracle. But it wasn't it's just a God I, thing, yeah. It wasn't yeah. that I was meeting Donald Trump. It's that I was answered in real time. Right. Yes. And these things Amen. kept happening to me where I'm going, here's this crack addict from Minnesota, mm-hmm. the sex addict, putting in, and I'm, why am I, you know, in these different positions? And, and this got right up to where, um, I was invited to the White House for a, this manufacturing su- right. summit. There's 12 of us, and I get in there. I go, who's sitting here? And they said, the president is. Well, when this went live on national TV, all my friends got saved right there. They go, what is this crackhead <laughs> right. sitting next to the president? Yeah. Jesus is real because there, this is impossible without God's you know, inter- right. intervening. Mm-hmm. And it got up to February 18th of 2017. Now, all these things that happened, I go, God, I'm just, you know, my, my the guy that helped me a little bit with the book, at one time he said, I said, you know, I don't know what to leave in and what to take out of the right. book. And he says, Mike, he said, just grab any episode. He grabbed, you know, December 1986, and I'd read it. And he goes, the normal person would surrender on the spot because right. it would be impossible. He says, maybe all these things happen for you. So you'll be able to go out and speak out for That's Jesus right. once that you, you realize, you know, that, that he's real and, that, and have that relationship. So I went into this thing. It was Operation Restore Warrior, even though I'm not a veteran. I went in there with so much hope. And on February 18, 2017, I did a full surrender Amen. where I was able to be forgiven. I forgave myself for Amen. stuff from the past. And it was like this this relief. I, yes. I couldn't believe the relief. And filled with the Holy Spirit, a relief that, that came from that. And now here's a guy a fear, afraid of speaking in public. Mm-hmm. Two, just two months after that, I'm at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis um, where this, uh, one of the Super Bowls were. And there was 50,000 millennials there. Right. And they asked me a little bit about my story. And I'm, t- and, I'm, and I'm telling them a little bit about my, you know, what happened to me. My getting saved. Well, Two weeks later, we're at this amusement park with my granddaughter, and the kids just keep coming up going, I got saved, I got saved, it's your story. And that was all with all these Christian bands and professional, you know, speakers and pastors, Mm -hmm. and I'm going, why, you know, but they related, you know, they related, and that's, uh, and that's why now, you know, that when I set up the Lindell Recovery Mm -hmm. Network, you know, LindellRecoveryNetwork.org, that takes hope matches of commonality, like I did with Dick Van Sloan. Right, right. And... That's, you know, they see the hope. You say, well, you can get through it. And I, I view addiction as the biggest opportunity ever because people don't look for hope unless things are bad. Exactly, right. And if you're looking mm-hmm. for hope and getting people off addiction, well, that's great. That's a bonus, mm-hmm. but it's getting them to Jesus. That's right. That's, that's right. the goal. And this just takes you. See, an addict will wake up with the same problem he went to bed with mm-hmm. when he finally goes to bed. Right. And you know, that thing never leaves him. And that's why faith-based treatment centers work. Mm-hmm. Your teen child, you and God's salvation army. That's why these things work. Where secular don't. You've right. got to fill that with Jesus. Fill your void. Amen. Get that, get that foundation of God. Amen. And one thing you said was that you forgave yourself. Yeah, I forgave. And you a lot that. of people walk around. They let the enemy walk 
around, yeah. keeping them bound with shame, guilt, and condemnation. Yeah. And we've got to walk through that forgiveness. Yeah, that forgiveness was huge for me. There were things that I've done, in, you know, back in the, you know, back in the day, and I'm going, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. But I always walked in shame, mm -hmm. and then I'd ask people in the public, they go, "What are you talking about? You know, you, it's your past." You know? Right. But I couldn't forgive myself, mm -hmm. and then you know, letting that go was huge. It's huge, you it, know, it, it, and I'd be able to yeah. go out there. People get shamed even talking about addiction. I think the one thing I've done there is pretty much put it right out in the front lines. I was a crack addict. No, get, one time a guy said, uh, "Yeah, he was on meth." I said, "Get it right." It was crack. It was crack. You know, <laughs> you know. But you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so, if God set you free, why shouldn't we set ourselves free yeah. by not, not right. by not keeping right. ourselves in prison ourselves? Because pe and people need to, you know, you need to hear that somebody's done it. You need right. to hear that whole. And that's why so many people look to my story mm -hmm. for hope, not me. They're looking for right. the story. They're going, wow, he beat all these addictions, so how did he do it? Well, that's the same way Linda Recovery Network. You put, you put in your age right. and your addiction. You put in your age and your addiction, so you're a 22-year-old heroin addict. Mm -hmm. You put that in there, you're going to see you know, hundreds of these 22-year-old heroin addicts yeah. that have made it through. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to, that resonates with the addict going, mm -hmm. it gives them hope that they too can do it. Right. It's kind of like where we're in, in this, in the world, in this country right now, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's looking for hope. Well, this is, we are in a time right now that's the most blessed time yes. ever because people are all looking for hope. They out are, there. I yes. don't care what your political thing is, mm -hmm. what, which way or, you know, which side it is or whatever. Um, and when you're looking for hope, well, that hope is Jesus. So right. we're going to be, in, we are in the greatest revival in history. That's right. I mean, we, when we get out to this great place out here, we're going to look back just like I do in my life and mm -hmm. go, these things had to happen. I wouldn't change a thing if we right. knew where I'm at right now. And when we get out here, you're going to look back, wow, that's why this was all in God's timing. Mm -hmm. It was not on everybody else's timing. You know, it's on God's timing. Right. And, it, it, you know, you think of all the people that if things weren't going on, you know, these bad things that are going on happening right now. Right. These things, even people over here are going, you know, oh, this is not good. And, well, where's our hope? Mm -hmm. And then, and uh and that hope is Jesus. That hope is Jesus. That is so amazing. I mean, your story is so amazing. And it, it brings, it does, it brings hope to, to so many people. Because if it can happen for you, yeah, it can happen you can get free, you know, then, then it can happen you know, for anyone. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's, and see, for me, I, you had to see, by me getting my pathway to doing a full surrender was, you know, mathematical odds. Right. One of my friends had seen me in the White House that time looking out. I mean, mm -hmm. they're going, this mathematically impossible. Or, you know, it's impossible right. without God's intervention and, his, and him, to, you know, this plan that was long before mm -hmm. I was born that was planned out, you know. And well, Scripture says your gift will make room for you. And the Lord, you know, has gifted you. And he's, he's opened doors that, that no man can open. And right. I think it's amazing. And I, and I really want everyone to, we all have callings. So I go by th Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings and always acknowledge him and he will guide Amen. your paths. And that's a huge thing because my paths align now with my calling Amen. and it's, it's so easy. And once they say to get proactive in prayer, stay in the word. And yes. I said that at the Rose Garden. That's Let's stay in the word and everything will be awesome. That's right. And it will be in Jesus Christ. We'll be right back with a little bit more here at the Christian View. Stay with us.
Welcome back to The Christian View. We've had a great discussion with Mike Lindell, and I would love if you'd take just a few seconds to address the audience before we close. Yeah, if you're out there and you're feeling hopeless, I want each and every one of you to know that that hope lies in Jesus, and just get on your knees, surrender to Him, and it gets so easy. It's absolutely amazing. Amen.